My name is Barry O'Leary and you are listening to The Global Step. Welcome to The Global Step, a podcast created to educate listeners on how companies should expand internationally. I chat to a range of guests from entrepreneurs, mentors, advisors, investors and also academics to see how young companies can best avoid the pitfalls of expansion and successfully take the global step into new markets. In today's episode, I cover the startup ecosystem in Iceland. Iceland is a remarkably beautiful country in the North Atlantic, which consistently punches above its weight. I wanted to check out its bustling startup scene, and who better to give me a detailed view than Bala Kamala Karan. Bala is the founder of Startup Iceland and has heaps of experience in the mentoring and international growth of startups founded in Iceland. He has received awards from the First Lady of Iceland because of his pioneering work with startups and entrepreneurship in the country. I talked to Bala about Iceland's unique and favourable geographic location, the industries it excels at, and some of the companies that are earmarked for success in the future. As well as founding Startup Iceland, Bala has also just unveiled Iceland Venture Studio, a 5 million investment fund and mentoring program for the benefit of growing startups in Iceland. Iceland Venture Studios will work with startups, providing services around decentralization of private data, algorithms, privacy, process and data security. Bala was an informative, knowledgeable guest, and I hope you all enjoyed the chat as much as I did. Bala, thanks a million for joining me today. It's very much appreciated. I think it would be best to start with if you can give me a brief overview of your role in Startup Iceland and Startup Iceland as an entity. Startup Iceland. So Startup Iceland was uh, kind of an accidental discovery. I had um, I used to work for one of the Icelandic banks, and uh, uh, after the financial collapse, uh, most of the executives were laid off. I couldn't get a job, so I decided that I wanted to do something else, and I started looking at startups to invest in. Um, and, and I invested in one of the startups, and I realized that uh, the ecosystem here was quite uh, isolated, and uh, everywhere else I thought that the world was much more connected, and I said, maybe that's a way to get started, and um, we started with a conference in uh, 2012, and more importantly, it also created the first English uh, blog about the startup activities in Iceland, so Startup Iceland was the initiator and creator of it all, uh, to, to say the least. And, um, you know, uh, maybe six, seven years in, we are, uh, you know, Iceland is a vibrant startup uh, ecosystem. Uh, there are about four, five uh, venture funds now. And uh, there are three accelerators and uh, lots of uh, very interesting uh, founders and startups being uh, built out of the, the place. And, and as a founder of Startup Iceland, I, I mean, uh, 
Kickstarter Bison is kind of a community-based initiative. It's more like we're trying to get the community together, and we do that as a yearly event. And uh, we bring uh, speakers and mentors in, and we just uh, do it as a conference. So it's about 300 people, and 2019 would be the eighth year that we would be doing this event. Great. Thanks for the overview. Um, maybe jumping on to you know, the Iceland's uh, startup ecosystem, what kind of companies, what kind of industries does Iceland typically produce You know, in the last seven or eight years that you've been involved with? Um, well, you know, Iceland is very unique in, in a lot of ways. I think uh, one of the things that uh, is not obvious to a lot of people is, you know, Iceland is a country within the size of a city. You know, within about six to eight square kilometers, you pretty much have a, a central government, a federal government, a local government, a bank, a airline, a hotel, a transportation company, a shipping company. And pretty much everything that a country needs is within a six to eight square kilometers. What that allows you to do is to kind of look at almost any industry and start building out. Um Predominantly, in the last 10 years, we have seen kind of an explosion in the kind of software slash gaming. Uh, of course, uh, blockchain and bitcoins and crypto uh, has also been a pretty big uh, uh, growth area in Iceland, primarily because of the renewable energy. You know, all energy in Iceland, electricity is uh, renewable energy. It's geothermal and hydro, mm -hmm. and it's also quite cheap. So uh, a lot of the miners have been here. And it has also created a, a lot of data center related software industries and the data center industries. And now we're starting to see a lot of health tech um, and, and maybe even a fintech. There's now a fintech cluster. And um, I don't know, you know, originally Iceland was famous for fish and energy. And now I think uh, a lot more technology focused software based companies are, are coming out of Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wide variety you just mentioned there. And Correct me if I'm wrong, Bala, but only a population of about, you know, 400,000, is that correct? It's actually 350,000, oh. so uh, it's not 400. Great things being done there. Jumping on then, Bala, being an island nation, maybe a bit remote in the Atlantic, uh, the North Atlantic, uh, what are the common issues, you know, restrictions Icelandic companies regularly face when they want to expand globally? When I originally started, uh, you know, in 2008, 2009, uh, the, the big um, myth around startups was that, you know, um, it, I, I don't even think the word startup or uh, entrepreneur was used in any positive context. I think there was a very big negative context at that time. And I think it's more the perception, more than anything else, that was the biggest hindrance when we started. But then when I invested in one company, that company was acquired by a NASDAQ-listed company. Then that model became quite clear for the local founders and the community. And most people started doing similar things. And I always believe that, you know, it's much easier to copy a model than to create something new. Yeah. And then maybe uh, the biggest challenge that uh, founders face is to kind of think fresh and build something new, the globe. Uh, wants or the, or the world wants and, and as you said you know Iceland is a small island uh, it's pretty isolated I think that those are useful things because when you are when you need to think about something big you need to start in a very small place 
And uh, in Iceland, you have to think global because the market is tiny for a startup to actually make uh, anything worthwhile. Yeah. So, so you, you know, there are lots of these uh, kind of contradictory things. You know, you need to do a startup and you need to do it in a small enough place that it needs to apply to a global market. So those are all the, the big constraints. But of course, uh, you know, each founder solves them in different ways. I've invested in a number of companies. They've all uh, more or less seen the promised land. And uh, all of them did it uh, their own way. So, you know, you can, we can go down the list of uh, typical constraints in terms of, you know, kind of uh, looking beyond your local market, having networks outside of Iceland to actually expand to those places. And uh, we've been slowly solving some of them. You know, uh, Startup Iceland was uh, instrumental in bringing people from outside of Iceland into Iceland to showcase that there is a startup community here. And that created networks and connections. And, you know, we do one-on-one mentoring sessions during the event. And all speakers are required, are, yeah, I request all of them to play a role of a mentor. So if you buy a ticket to the event, you can get a one-on-one first-come, first-serve meeting with some of the speakers. And that has created networks and uh, opportunity. And, 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 of course, we've been kind of fixing all these constraints, as you say. Um, I, I've always felt that the biggest constraint was just having the right network to ask the right questions to the right people and then being able to uh, solve them and move it forward. Awesome. awesome. And, and then, uh, Bala, you know, you mentioned at the start about um, funding that there's four or five, we'll say, VC firms um is is it possible or has it been done in in your experience vcs from we'll say the us or or maybe even the uk have we'll say seen promise in an early stage icelandic company and and was supported it financially oh yeah absolutely i mean uh so um in 2014 uh, or 2013 uh, i don't know if you know about a company called quizup uh, it was an icelandic company it was a social based uh, uh, quiz um, that you played with uh, a social partner. Sequoia mm. uh, Capital invested about $26 million in the company, but I mean, the company went defunct, but, but it created a lot of buzz and they had about 75 million people who had downloaded that application. Wow. And uh, bef- even before that, you know, uh, CCP Games, the maker of uh, EVE Online, had general capitalist partners from the Boston area as uh, investors in that. And then Decode, which was a genomics company, even before that in the 90s, had uh, Polaris, which is a venture yep. firm out of Boston again, as investors. So the, the US slash UK based uh, venture firms have been uh, investing in Icelandic startups. Um, I mean, they're, they're not, uh, they don't have offices here or they, they don't have any location here, but they have been investing in promising companies that have been able to scale globally. That sounds great. And then we'll say, Bala, one or two things, you know, I, I visited uh, Reykjavik in Iceland once uh, before, presuming that Reykjavik is, you know, the main center for Icelandic innovation. Is, is there, is it just Reykjavik or is there, we'll say, different centers outside of the capital? I mean, it's mainly Reykjavik, but of course, you know, Reykjavik is where, you know, almost 300,000 people live. So there are other towns like Arbureri and Eilstaðir and smaller towns like Akranes and, and all that. They're all like 2,000 people. But I mean, I wouldn't say those are like, you know, there are smart people everywhere. So I, 
I don't know, but uh, of course, they're all engaged in their local community-related jobs. I think uh, Reykjavik is probably the kind of the hotbed for startups and innovation, if, if you ask me. But then you never know, something might come up of any of those locations. Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe looking forward then, Bala, we'll say five years, even maybe three years down the line, from where you started Startup Iceland and where the startup, uh, where startup ecosystem is at right now, what would say wins are you looking to get and what developments are you looking to get that would make you a, a better we'll say startup ecosystem in in the next three five years yeah i mean you know a lot of times it's about funding and it's also about uh you know people working on big enough challenges uh, I'm, I'm maybe biased in my view primarily because i have an agency i actually do invest in startups and one of the things that I've been working on is uh, actually uh, maybe you will be the first podcast to hear this. Uh, we're launching uh, Iceland Venture Studios. It's actually a, a venture studio so where we write small checks to prototype ideas on the decentralization of data, algorithms, process, manufacturing, materials, pretty much anything about decentralization of uh, concepts in technology. And uh, I've, we've been working with the Icelandic Health System to enable all Icelanders to kind of download their health data. And a lot of health tech, I think Iceland can be a very interesting hotbed. And there are, as I said, local VC firms. I think there are about five of them now, including the venture studio. We are we are, you know, we are a seed slash pre-seed studio, uh, $5 million capital. And uh, we are writing small checks to build prototypes in in the health tech space, but not limited to health tech, but anything to do with personal data, security, and privacy. And and I think that is probably where I am thinking and spending a lot of time. I mean, we are building a, a diabetic platform uh, with a company called Risk. It's a unique algorithm that came out of Iceland. Um, uh, five doctors kind of got together and built a software algorithm to get, predict your risk of uh, blindness if you're diabetic. Oh, we think uh, it's kind of like a magic because uh, the rest of the world, you need to go take a picture of your eye. But because they had access to all the data, they had access to all the patients who they were treating, they could actually mathematically build an equation that actually told um, and they validated with 20,000 diabetics in lots of different countries. And, and this algorithm actually predicts uh, pretty accurately if you uh, are at risk of going blind. Oh. So we're actually using that and, and built it as an app. I mean, today it's available in the App Store. It's called Retina Risk. So I'm, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about this uh, around decentralization and, and personalization of data. And of course, uh, you know that this is a big, uh, big hot topic now. And, and Iceland can lead in this way because we are, uh, our privacy laws are actually quite good. I think the, uh, Icelanders are extremely independent. They want to own their own data. And Iceland actually has a legal precedence where all health data is owned by the individual citizen. So no government, no health system, or even a doctor owns that information is owned by me. So I have the right to get that data. So, so this is kind of where I'm spending a lot of my time. But of course, you know, there are lots and lots of other companies being built, uh, to say the least. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sounds like a lot, a lot of good stuff being done. Last 
question for you on, we'll say, the, the Icelandic startup scene, Bala. So obviously, given your location in the North Atlantic, pretty close to, we'll say, the East Coast of the US, you're pretty close to uh, the Europe and the, the EU. Where would you like to see your ties, your international relations as a startup group? Where Where do you see most development in the next few years? Would you like to get closer to the US? Would you like to get closer to some EU, EU initiatives? What's on your mind in that context? Well, I mean, you know, I I work with founders, so, you know, I basically let the founders uh, think where they want to go. You are absolutely right. You know, Iceland is uh, probably a very unique strategic location because we have access to two very large markets. And they are only a short distance away. And because of the boom in tourism in Iceland, you know, there are lots of people from all over the world are coming into Iceland. So it's also forming a lot of networks for Icelanders to go into. Um, So, you know, New York is four and a half hours from here. London is three and a half. So, you know, Brussels is uh, even closer uh, than uh, all all of them put together. Uh, Berlin is close. So, so there's, there's a lot of these startup hubs. I mean, the Nordic countries have always kind of bunched together. So we are starting to see a lot of activity from Sweden, Denmark, Norway, with Iceland. And, and I would say that, you know, it is driven by the founder. I just think that, you know, founders need to go where their customers are. And if they, if they find customers in the U.S., so be it. If they find customers in the U.K., then they should go for that. Mm-hmm. So, end of the day, it's all about bringing a vision to life and uh, solving a global problem. I don't think that there's any uh, bias in one way or the other. But, of course, you know, if the environment is more conducive, I think that's where founders should go. Mm-hmm. It looks like the EU is a lot more um, conducive right now, primarily because they're just opening up a lot of doors. Uh, and, and even, you know, some of my friends who are in the U.S. are looking into kind of base out of the EU because the EU is investing heavily in the startup ecosystems around, around the EU. Wonderful. Yeah, great to know. And thanks for sharing. In today's Quick Fire 5, I asked Bala five quick questions all about Iceland, ranging from his favourite Icelandic-owned company in operation today to what are the best hot springs in Iceland. Hope you enjoy. So, Bella, quick fire five. What is your favorite Icelandic-owned company in operation today? That would be uh, Risk.ehava. Uh, I have to disclose I am an investor in that company, but I think it is a very unique company because it is building a diabetic platform for diabetes to manage their risk going into the disease. Uh, number two, the one specific industry that Iceland is set for a leading global role? I would say it is with uh, personal data and health-related technologies with personal data. Number three, what Icelandic company, we might not know them um, at this moment, will be making the biggest global impact in the next three to five years? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty uh, <laughs> loaded question. <laughs> uh, uh, Primarily because, you know, if I had known that, then I would just go all in on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do believe that, you know, 
course, as I said, you know, this uh, diabetes is a global problem and it's an epidemic. It is growing at greater proportions than anybody knows. And I think the way that we are trying to solve it through Retina Risk and Risk AHOF, uh, uh, this is a company based out of Iceland, uh, is very unique. And I think that would probably have the biggest impact if uh, we are able to execute at the, at the right speed. Okie dokie. Number four. Uh, on a more light-hearted, uh, non-businessy topic, uh, what is the best thing to do in Reykjavik if you're waiting for a few hours to, we'll say, to get to the airport to check into your hotel? What would you do if you had two to three hours in Reykjavik? Well, I mean, uh, there is uh, one activity in Reykjavik called Reykjavik Escape. It's actually kind of like you know, as a team, you're thrown into a puzzle and you need to kind of. Uh, it's kind of like a maze. You need to find your way out. And, um, you know, it's, it's quite unique and it's quite interesting. And it's, it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, that would be one thing. But I, I just enjoy, uh, uh, you know, walking and running. And I do that. There are lots of running trails in Iceland. And, and I, don't, I don't do it as much as I used to. But you can. And, of course, the biggest and the best kept secret in Iceland is the swimming pools. Yep. Uh, if you had a couple of hours, I would really encourage you to go to one of the local swimming pools and you will be amazed how many hot tubs, how many, uh, what are the facilities that there are, you know, cold tubs, hot tubs, and saunas, and it's quite affordable price. So, so nice. that would be what I would uh, encourage you to do if you have a couple of hours. Lovely. That brings me on to my, my final uh, question of our quick fire five, Bala. As I mentioned, I was in Iceland before and I went to the Blue Lagoon. I think a lot of people are, who go to Iceland do the same thing. But as you just mentioned, I also went to one or two of the swimming pools in Reykjavik and I was, you know, more impressed by them. So yeah. is the Blue Lagoon the best hot springs in Iceland or can you give us a, a local tip? Well, uh, the Blue Lagoon is the most popular and uh, Blue Lagoon is probably the one that has the best marketing image that you can find. But the local tip is to go to uh, some of the natural hot springs. Um, I mean, if you if you just, I mean, I mean, you know, Iceland is now discovered. I think you can find if you just do a search in your favorite search engine uh, for uh, hidden uh, hot springs in Iceland, you will get a lot of tips and tricks, and you can go and check them out. They are probably, in my opinion, uh, very unique experiences that you won't get anywhere else. Awesome. 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 Well, we'll wrap it up there, Bella. I just want to thank you again. Um, that was fantastic uh, information for all of us listeners. Iceland seems to be a really thriving um, startup ecosystem and, and set for great things in the future. And we'll watch out for some of the companies you mentioned there. Once again, Bella, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you again. Thanks for doing this. Well, that's all for me today. Thank you for listening to The Global Step. I hope you can tune in again soon.